Each week, Invest Talk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for winning investment research. And the answer is Y Charts. Quality data with easy to use tools. You can start your free trial today. And if you purchase during the month of June, you'll get 14 months of Y Charts for the price of 12, plus a free subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Subscribe now. Go.ycharts.com slash investtalk. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, June 28th, last day of the month, last day of the quarter. 2019, June 28th. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today, as you do every day. And I hope you will give me a call. I would love to talk to you. Ask me any questions as long as it's financial. I love to talk about financial stuff. And, of course, you make the show. You drive it. You take it wherever you want to take it with your questions. So, remember, all our goal is the same. This is all about becoming financially free. Meaning, we all have enough money in retirement that we don't have to worry about making it. That it will make enough money for us. The money will make us money. Well, how do we get that? How do we get there? How do we do that? Well, that's what the show is about. And hopefully, we'll get there together. So, give me a call. 888-99-CHART is the number, by the way. That is our 24-hour, 7-days-a-week listen line number, and it's live right now. We're live every Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time, <clears throat> but you can call anytime you want the same number, and uh, we'll answer, you know, we'll play that the, any question you have on to the next show, next day or two, and we'll answer the questions. My main talking point today concerns this opinion from a pretty high-profile economist. The U.S.-China trade dispute will be an epic battle lasting 10 to 15 years. Stephen Moore says that even if the adversaries come to some sort of agreement, remember they're meeting this, uh, China and Trump, uh, Xiangping and Trump are meeting tomorrow, uh, and they're working on, or may, everybody's waiting to see what they're going to say, because we want to see if there's going to be a deal or not going to be a deal. I'm not. I don't think there'll be a deal from tomorrow, from whatever they're meeting. It might start up trade talks again, but there's not going to be a deal. I can't see that happening. So we'll see. We'll know about that by the time the weekend's over, huh? And what will that do to the market? Well, that's going to be our talking point. We'll see. Do you agree it's going to be 10, 15 years? We were in a battle with economically with China for the last 10 or 15 years. We just weren't fighting. We were just we didn't we didn't fight at all. You know, we just let China do what they wanted to do. We sat back and watched them. So it's just that now we are trying trying to exert some pressure. And you got a bunch of whiners out there saying, "Oh, we can't do that. It's going to hurt our economy." Come on, grow a backbone, everybody. I also want to talk about income investing in this low interest rate environment that we're in. And what about Trump's plan B? Did you hear him say, well, I have a plan B if the, with the Chinese if we can't come to an agreement? Well, we'll talk about plan B. What does that mean? 
baby boomers are reinventing retirement living. And I, I have seen this Per, for, for myself firsthand so I, I, I can understand they're not going to be these uh, grow old and just sit in an old folks home and wait to die that's not that's not the baby boomers idea and I'm one of those guys it's not my idea but the problem is is do they have enough money to to live the lifestyle they want and that should concern you too do you are you going to have enough money to live the lifestyle you want we'll see Market was up today. The Dow was up 73. The Nasdaq up 38. The S&P up 17. So it owned, the quarter ended on an up note. And uh, if you're looking at, I think everybody's kind of holding their breath. This week seemed to be pretty calm compared to what we've been seeing. So we'll we're going to know next week. We'll know what the media will produce is either a positive or a negative spin. Okay, whether they're going to start up negotiating again or we're just too far apart or whatever. We're, we're going to get that over the weekend, the spin from this. And the investors will take that and run with it either way, up or down. I can't see uh, investors just being ho-hum about it. It's just hard for me to see that. But we won't know until next week, of course. And that's what I plan on today. What it, but, you know, it's up to you. Any of your questions, we'll, we'll take them as long as we're financial. And, of course, we have several that have already called in and that we're ready to line up. The number, again, is 888-99-CHART. Give me a call. Hi, Steve. My name is Jason. I'm a first-time investor. I've managed to save up about $10,000 I'm ready to put in. But I'd just like to know where I might look at some dividend-paying ETFs in some different sectors so i'll be well diversified i'll take your answer off the air thanks man later okay i do have a short list of dividend e uh, dividend focused etfs so if you will send me an email i'll send the list back to you it's like five or six i think um and that's all they are so if you're looking for income producing type of investments, dividends that focus on e, uh, the ETS that focus on dividends is one way. You can do it through REITs, real estate investment trusts, and you just got to be careful what sector of REITs that you're in. Um, those will produce, you know, high, you know, an income too. Uh, so you, you can use master limited partnerships, but those are the things I've, that worry me the most. Uh, and those kinds of things that like derive income from pipelines and natural gas and oil production, you know, that they're looking for an income stream. Those are some of the areas in the equity side of the uh, the um, um, uh, market. I'm not talking about bonds. I'm not talking about bonds, but the equity side, that's the instruments that produce the most income. Okay? Anyways. So you heard, heard me uh, talking about the market. It was up today, and it was up a little bit yesterday. The three days before that, three or four days, it was down. So, you know, it's been kind of uh, flat here near the top. And remember, we're at a triple top. So it happened in September, and it was topped again in April. Then we had a pretty bad May, and then popped right back up in June. And we're back to where we were. A lot of work to get nowhere, huh? Seems like it. Anyway, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have reached the end of June, and the first half of the year is over. 
So what have we seen since January? What are we going to see going forward? I mean, you've seen a ton of volatility, really. Nobody really knows when things might slow down or even when the volatility will pick up. We don't know. There's no guessing. But you can prepare yourself by balancing your portfolio. So do it yourself or let Justin or me, we'll, we'll both do it. We'll help you. We'll do it. Your calls and inquiries are always welcome at KPP Financial in Irvine, California. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, the big meeting in Japan, the G20, it's underway. All eyes are on the body language of President Trump and Chinese uh, President Xi. We'll see. We want to kind of get a feel. Everybody's looking hard to find out if what direction things are going to... Will they, will they strike a mutually agreeable trade deal? I answer is no. I can't see them doing that, the two top guys. I just don't. Now, I did note that the uh, underlings underneath the two top guys met earlier today, yesterday, sometime. So they, I'm sure they had talks. We'll see what that brings. I, I think what it all it's going to do is bring more negotiations. You know, the trade deal is a wild card. It's it's a black swan event. It could happen. It could not happen. I don't know. And no one knows. And that's going to affect the market. It will affect the market. Okay, let's look at some other information. Uh, gold was at $1,413 an ounce, right near its high. What, two-year high or something like that? High. Oil is still under $60 a barrel. And gasoline is ranging about $2.70, except for here in California. We don't get it that cheap ever. Uh, Bitcoin, $11,666. That's some change. Remember, it fell over 80% from 20000 Now it's trying to make a comeback. Don't get excited. This is going to be extremely volatile. And the 10-year Treasury, 2.02% today. You know, that's how people talk about Treasuries. It's what they yield is. Then they say, well, what's the 30-year? That just, when they say, well, it's 2.42%. Uh, it's expressed in what they yield when they talk about what's the Treasury's doing. It's not, well, you know, it's not expressed in any other way but what the yield is. And so, and it's on an annual. What does it yield annually? Okay, this is, uh, down, by the way, um, consumer sentiment down in June to 98 from 100. Okay, this consumer center for June, this month. And if you remember right, the May number was over 100, but it was an eight-month high. And I'm not, you know, you got to be aware of this sentiment number, when they take it, what's going on in the, uh, the, the public eye, what's going on in the world. Because the reason why I don't trust the sentiment number too much, I like reading it and seeing it, is because it doesn't tell us what the consumer's doing, only what they feel. Now, a lot of people think, well, what they feel is important. Okay, but I think it's much more important. Are they still spending money? Since our economy is 66% consumer-driven, 
What's the consumer doing? Not how they feel. They could feel bad today and go out and spend all their money tomorrow. So I want to know what they're doing. Uh, much more than what they feel. But it's an interesting number to keep track. One of Apple's best known and most highly regarded executives, Johnny Ive, is leaving the company to go out on his own. You know what he did after 27 years at Apple? He was the design chief. Design chief. He's leaving. And the stock didn't really matter to the stock. So does do we worry about that? I don't think so. I really don't. Maybe they need some new blood for new designs for Apple. Who knows? It's hard to tell how much he was in, you know, the driver of the of the Apple phones and, and computers and everything. And this is interesting too. Um, the day before the G20, which is, you know, of course we're going to talk about the trade deal. The day before that, Apple announced that it will move production of the MacBook Pro to China. Currently, the MacBook MacBook Pro is. This is the only Apple product made in the USA. And they're moving that to China. That's surprising, really. Of course, you know, did you notice all the tech companies? They're looking yeah, about the video game consoles. They're looking for a break from the Trump administration. They want exemptions from the tariffs. The game console makers, the people who make the games... 96% of video game consoles are manufactured in China. Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft. And they want relief from those tariffs. I'd say, the heck no, you don't get relief. Why should they get relief? Because they're saying, it might hurt our gaming sales. Yeah, uh-huh. Everybody does, you know, too bad. <laughs> Why should they get an exemption and no one else gets the exemption? <laughs> Either it's all or none, I'm thinking. You know, whether you agree with or don't agree with the tariffs, I can understand that perspective. But uh, giving people exemptions, I don't understand that at all. Of course, they're all worried that Google, be, about Google with its uh, streaming gamers, would get more popular because the cost would go up for the consoles. I don't know. Did you know it's a $145 billion industry last year? $43 billion of it is in the U.S., made in the U.S. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. Now, let me remind you out there Invest Talk radio program and podcast, and the replays of the podcast, provides a daily dose of market news with unbiased commentary. And we have a fairly new offering Invest Talk Academy. It's an online training class covering a wide variety of financial investment subjects. In-depth, by the way. You can learn more at investtalkacademy.com. We are headed into the break, and I'm taking your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Tom in San Francisco. Want to talk about Tesla. How are you doing, Tom? I'm doing good. How are you, Steve? I am good. Thank you for the call. 
Yeah, actually, I, b- I recently bought a Model Three. Um, it was uh-huh. uh, the best car I ever owned. So I'm thinking, um, why there is no craze about TSLA Tesla? Why there's what? I- I'm feeling like it's one of the great uh, um, uh, product, like a iPhone yes. in the auto industry. Um, but why yes. the stock is not? Um, I'm telling hi, or nobody's talking much about. Yeah, that's loud. Okay, let's think of think of this. Think of something this way. Let's say a, a a craftsman makes the best whatever, and I will agree with you that Tesla makes a really good uh, electric car. I mean, far and away and above, they've been the leader, right, in the design, the technology of the electric car. You have to give them that. The problem is is they keep losing money. They don't make any money. They spend way more money than they make, even though they're selling a lot of cars and trying to build them as fast as they can. And they borrowed a lot of money to get this whole thing started. The stock price is way, way, way overpriced at $223 a share when they're not going to make any money. They're going to lose money $1.72 a share this year. They lost $1.33 a share last year. They lost $8.66 a year before that. They lost $2.87 per share the year before that. So that's why Tom is not doing well now because everybody knows that it's way overpriced and they're not meeting the production numbers they say they're going to meet. We know they have a lot of debt they're going to have to refinance and they may not be able to do it. So the stock company, the company itself, may go bankrupt. But don't think your car won't be serviced or I think Tesla will survive. I just don't think they may not survive with the current shareholders. They may file Chapter 11, come out of Chapter 11, get rid of all their debt, and here they are now, no debt, and start over again. I could see them doing that. So a lot, a lot of people can see them doing it. We actually have shorted Tesla for quite some time now, last, I don't know, almost a year, I think. Um, because we felt the stock price is just too much, too high. It should be a $5 stock based on making no money. The car, the cars they make are excellent. (laughs) So you have great product, but you don't have a great company. Okay? Appreciate the call, Tom. Thank you. The KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed today to all the subscribers, you know, to our clients. Um, and, of course, every week I pack as much information in a very short, concise newsletter every week. Four sections in it. Market condition sections is the first one. And I said, followed, following two months of extreme volatility, we had a pretty calm week. Really, we did. So it was the worst May in decades and then the best June in decades. But this last week, last five, six trading days, been pretty calm. And we've pretty much ended where we started. <laughs> kind of interesting. G20, I mentioned the G20 meeting in Japan. Uh, I talked about what the economic numbers showed us. And the one that was most disappointing was probably the Durable Goods Report. Uh, you know, it was, it was down 1.3% after falling 2.8% the month before. So two months in a row, I mean, it's not been doing very well. And a lot of that can be put at Boeing's uh, footsteps uh, at their feet the problem with that 737 max 8 
I mean, that's a very expensive airplane. Uh, they have lots of orders, and then all of a sudden they stop. Just think what that does to durable goods. Remember, durable goods report is those things uh, designed to last three years or longer. So they're the more expensive items. And airplanes are the most expensive. So it kind of affects that durable goods report dramatically. If you took that out, airplanes and cars, it actually was up a little bit this month. This last month. Portfolio management section. Uh, you know, we talked about bonds and bond funds and the difference between bond funds. And you got to be careful because there is a major difference in bond funds as an investment and bonds directly when you buy them. And it's important. There's an important distinction here. And I talked about that. So you got to think about that. A couple of stock ideas. There were a couple of big blue chippers. Diversified industry, one of the bigger business, and they've fallen hard recently. And I thought, might, and they pay a 3.35 dividend. And I just thought that might be a good idea to put on your watch list. You know, you know, you're looking for, you're always looking for opportunities out there. And there's some decent opportunities in certain sectors. I've mentioned that before. So, anyways, um, though, also, we, I had a tobacco company on there. So, so, on Monday's Invest Talk, this opinion, how to invest for income when bonds pay pennies. Okay, um, that's one of my talking points today as well, so we might want to change that on Monday. Microsoft was founded in 1975 and Apple was in 1976, but the first big computer company, IBM, was founded in 1911, 108 years ago. Here's my trivia question. Who was IBM's longtime chief executive and how long did he run the company? I'll have the answer next. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. Every week, InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for winning investment research. And the answer is Y-Charts. And keep this in mind, Y-Charts is a lot more than charting. YCharts includes dashboards, screeners, alerts, email reports, fundamental and technical analysis, plus deep dive security research, economic data, Excel integration, model portfolios, and more. Steve Peasley uses and endorses YCharts. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. And Justin Klein agrees that YCharts is a must. And we get our data from YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform, and we find it indispensable. So with YCharts, serious investors get everything they need in one place. If you are a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and far better data and filters compared to giveaway tools from Yahoo and Google. And YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. So YCharts is, for InvestTalk, a value investment. Remember, compared to free sites, YCharts provides better tools with a more easily accessible set of robust, accurate data, all at a price point that is very affordable. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. In the words of a loyal YCharts customer, YCharts saves us several hours a week. If you try and purchase YCharts during the month of June, your 12-month paid subscription buys 14 months of YCharts. Plus, Steve and Justin will also give you a free one-year subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. 
Subscribe now at go.ycharts.com slash investtalk. Can you believe it? We have already completed the first half of 2019. The market has been interesting, and you want and need unbiased guidance, right? You're in luck. Steve Peasley is here now, taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. That's our number. So let's talk to Richard and Cupertino. How you doing, Richard? I'm doing pretty good. Always a pleasure to hear your voice and be on the radio with you. Uh, you. I'm a income dividend type of guy, and a while back I bought um, Amerigas, uh, APU is okay. the ticker symbol. And of course, uh, mm-hmm. both of you and I know it's a master limited partnership. How do I tell when the earnings are one thing and it's paying a dividend almost three times the amount of the earnings? Where do I look to see if it's capable of sustaining or do they have yeah. to reissue more stock or how do, how do I tell if it's solid? Okay, that's a very good question. And, you know, we've t- mentioned on the air, we like to, we like to see a, a on a normal stock a um, a a a sixty percent yield a sixty percent payout ratio on the income. Where you look when you know they're paying way more than normal dividends is you have to look at are they issuing new shares, which you have pointed out, or are they borrowing money? And in this case, Amerigas Partners has a huge debt. So what they're doing is it looks like they're making a lot of money, but they're not making all that much money to pay a 10% dividend on a $34 stock. You can't pay $3.48 when you're only making $2.51, right? You can't. So where's the money? Money's going to come from somewhere, and in their case, they're borrowing it. And when they borrow money, it looks like they have a great return on equity when they really don't because they borrowed so much money that, that, you know, borrowed money using leverage, and it looks like the company's making a lot of money. It's not. It is not. It's making good money. Don't get me wrong, Richard. I'm not, it's a good, solid company. But they made two dollars, they're going to make $2.12 this year and $2.51 next year after making two ninety one last year. And sales have fallen 7% this last quarter. Before, that was growing 4 and 5 and 6%. And last year, it was growing 15 20%. Marigas Partners, limited partnership, engaged in retail propane distribution through 1,900 locations. It's a good business, but they're paying way too much in dividend to support the company. It's not going to last. That's all I can tell you, Richard. It's not going to last. I don't know how long it will last, but soon somebody's going to wake up. Some investors, some big investors of this company are going to wake up one day and say, you know they really can't sustain that kind of that kind of debt. But so for you, look at the debt and look how many shares they've been issuing in recent years, and have they been using those issuing those shares, diluting your interest, and then taking the money that they issued, paying you dividends. They're just paying back your own money. So it doesn't it's not sustainable. Appreciate the call, Richard. Thank you. APU is a stock, everybody. I owe you an answer. To my trivia question, Microsoft was founded 44 years ago, Apple 43 years ago, IBM 108 years ago. 
before the break, I asked, who was IBM's longtime chief executive and how long did he run the company? The answer is Thomas Watson. He was the co-founder of the company that eventually became IBM, and he led the company from 1914 to 1956, 42 years. That's a long time. And that was when all they really didn't do they didn't do what they do today. They made computers, and that was it. And their computers were in huge rooms. The computer took up huge rooms. <laughs> when I first started, the computer room was a one room for a whole computer, and they had it raised off the floor so they could make the room really cold because the computer generated so much heat. They could turn on the air conditioner in that room and make it snow in the room if they'd left the computer off. It was kind of funny. Anyways, and did you know that Watson had previously worked for NCR, which is National Cash Register Company? NCR, do you remember NCR? I don't think they're around anymore. I'll have to look that up. He was fired from them. <laughs> and he went on and created a much bigger company. Pretty interesting stuff. Anyways. Uh, I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk. So I think it's safe to assume that you're serious about investing. You want to grow your wealth, right? Everybody does. I do. And that's fine. We all do. But, of course, as you make your investment choices, there will always be a bit of fear that creeps in. And that's, you need to define how much fear you can handle. And that's pretty difficult. Of course, we have a little tool on our website called, invest, uh, called uh, Riskalyze, which will gauge your fear, which will score it from 0 to 100. It's a short questionnaire. You can take it. Well, if you score anywhere around 80, then you, uh, you are allegedly can handle the volatility of the stock market because that's what the stock market score is, 80. It can score anybody's portfolio. So it scores your personal fear level and your portfolio risk level. So you can do both. Anyways, check it out on investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART is our number, and you can call us right now with any of your questions. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they describe their services as independent thinking, shared success. And KPP principal and Invest Talk host, Steve Peasley is pleased to announce that he will be returning to San Jose, California on July 31st to conduct his no-cost, wealth-building portfolio review consultations. If you're a serious investor, and if you live anywhere in Northern California, you should make plans now to sit down in person with Steve. He can review your portfolio and show you how to optimize its performance so you can achieve financial freedom. Appointments are limited, so don't delay. Wednesday, July 31st, Steve Peasley returns to San Jose. Register now at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open and your calls are welcome. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. Let's talk to Chris on Walnut Creek. I want to talk about the, what, AbV and Allergan uh, tie-up, merger? How you doing? How you doing, Chris? I'm good. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing good. Thank you. Uh, well, uh, before uh, my question, I just want to thank you for your show. Uh, really appreciate it. So, uh, my thank question you. is, I bought uh, Algin um, before it shot up 
25, 26%, and it's still going up right now. And Abby uh-huh. went down about 9%, but it's now recovering. Yes. So is, yes. it, is it wise to sell Algin, take the profit, and buy Abby since it went down? <laughs> what do you think? Well, everything being equal, I, I, I think... I think that might be the way to tr- make this trade. I think if you're going to tr- make the trade, I think that's the direction of the trade you go. You sell the one that's shot up, and you buy the one that fell. Okay, remember, okay. AbbVie is a $107 billion size, and Allergan is 54 So these are really two very large companies merging. So why would one go down and the other go up so sharply? And that seems to be a, a, you know, extreme. So I think that that trade, moving out of the one and take the profits on the one that moved up sharply and buying the one that fell sharply makes sense from just the surface. It makes sense to me. Uh, that, okay? that dividend but, um, as he pays, is that somewhat... Uh, um, uh, I guess solid or it's maintained. Well, uh, you know, the div- it may it may change with this merger. It because uh, the I cost, see. you know. So I, I you can't necessarily rely on it to stay the same, and that might be why the stock fell hard. Maybe they feel that may, they mean investors feel that well the dividend's going to disappear because this is an expensive merger, and they need the money to pay mm-hmm. for the merger. You know, so it's hard to say. I, I, I but Avi is very low price compared to its earnings. I mean, you, I mean, I think it looks attractive at this at this at this price. I really do. Thanks for the call, okay. Chris. Thank you. Okay, Stephen Moore says the U.S.-China trade war will be an epic battle that lasts ten to fifteen years. Now he's talking about you know trade. Remember, even if you come up with an agreement with China today. Doesn't mean you still have no disputes left. That's what he's talking about. And what if what if China or you know or China doesn't live up to their end of the bargain, or they China feels we don't live up to our end of the bargain? You know the war continues, and and so maybe they only maybe they're outside this agreement if they ever come to one. Maybe they leave some big issues outside it and work on those later on. See, that's what he's talking about. So, and I think that's a real possibility. I don't think this one trade deal is the end of the story at all. I don't. It just means it's the end of a story. <laughs> Not So, it's a big battle and a trade war that probably will last forever. And remember, as I said at the opening, I don't think we were, we've been in a trade war. We just weren't participating because China was dominating uh, dominating us in our, remember, you, if you wanted to do business in China, our companies here had to give up control, they had to give up technology, they had to give up a lot of stuff. Did China have to do that to, to trade with us? No. Not at all. And, I, you know, they're so big now that why would we give them any of that kind of benefit, any of that kind of advantage? So I think it was, you know, this trade war thing is just, I don't think it's as impactful as everybody think it is, but it does put a strain on world growth. It does. It does. But I think it's a probably a needed battle. That's that simple. Anyways, Trump plan B. So, you know, his plan A is to, ta- is to charge big, huge tariffs, right? 
That's his plan A. What's his plan B? More tariffs. <laughs> he charged 25% on tariffs on $200 billion worth of product in China. His plan B with China? To make it on $300 billion uh, 25% tariff. How much business do we do a year with China? How much do we buy from them? We buy $560 billion worth of products every year. And right now we have tariffs on $200 billion of that. How much do they buy from us? $180 billion. So that's where the trade imbalance comes every year. We buy way more than, than from them than they buy from us. For whatever reason, you know, justified or unjustified, it doesn't matter. We're just stating facts here, that's all. I'm just stating facts. So that's his plan B, tariff more. He can tariff more than $300 billion. He can go up to $560 billion, couldn't he? Yes, he could, because that's how much we buy. <laughs> so that could be in the cards. Okay. Okay. We can fit in another caller. Question, you know, question from a caller. We can do that right now. The number is eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hello, Steve. Uh, I'm calling you because I have a question about uh, a stock that they mine, uh, mining company, AUY. A lot of people talking that uh, dollars devaluing and gold and silver will rise very soon. And just want to know your opinion on that stock. Thank you. What was the stock? Uh, AUY. Okay, he's asking about Yamada Gold. And we talked about gold many, 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 many times on this show, right? You know I have. If you listen to the show at any time in the last six months, year, I've talked about gold. And, you know, I feel that gold is probably ready to make the run here this year. And if you look at gold, you'll see that it has, and it already has. AUI is Yamada Gold, Inc. It's a particular company, Canadian company, engaged in the mining and exploration of gold and silver and properties in, um, in, uh, in Canada. Uh, they, they're going to make $0.05 cents a share this year after making $0.12 cents a share last year. Then they're scheduled to make $0.06 cents a share next year. So they're selling for $2.52. So you're buying a very... Uh, a very low price stock and is it worth it well how much is six cents worth give it a 20 pe would that be fair is it growing no it's shrinking the 10 percent sales shrink this this the most recent quarter one percent growth last quarter five percent 16 percent shrinking to the quarter before that one percent growth before that 12 percent growth before that shrinking to one percent it's so erratic i would not buy this company it's not stable enough gold is going up and this stock has moved up from his bottom but his june bottom was the low for 50 year 52 week low so now it's moved up to two dollars 52 cents and that's where it was trading back in march and april so there's not been much of a run at all and i would not buy this stock because it doesn't have consistency it doesn't have the horses Return on equity is only 3%. And they have debt. No, don't buy this stock. Find something better. There's a lot better in the gold industry than this one. Now, here's some more news developments affecting public companies. More than 400 737 MAX jets pilots are suing Boeing. 400 pilots of that, that 737 MAX jet. Remember the jet that crashed twice? <coughs> Excuse me. 
So what are they? So they're claiming damages. Remember, these pilots didn't crash. They're saying Boeing knew about the dangers of the software problems and hid the truth by not telling the pilots. Of course, with all the 737 MAX jets grounded, many pilots are losing work and money. So they're saying because the plane was grounded, they're losing money and it's Boeing's fault because they didn't tell them that there was going to be a software problem. I'm having trouble with that one. I mean... I'm just having trouble. Uh, who, what, who do these pilots work for? Don't do the companies they work for that they lay them off because the the jets, you know, weren't, weren't available, or do they fly other planes? I have a. You just can't. That that's kind of up in the air to me. We'd have to find out a lot more. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here: make you a better investor. So give me a call: 888-99-CHART. It's a fast-moving Financial Friday, and Steve Peasley is here now to help you sort things out, because every InvestTalk listener is working to achieve financial freedom. So get your questions in now. Call 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's go to Emica in Cincinnati. I hope I said that that right, Emica. Yes, Steve. How are you? Good evening. Good. Thank you for the Thank call. Thank you so much for the knowledge and Justin and the rest of the team. Thank you so much. I wanted to ask you about Teva. Teva, I know I spoke to you about it mm-hmm. in the past. Would you see mm-hmm. in terms of the technical side, has there been like some smart money or institutional money going into it or any insiders buying? Because I really like it, but I, did, I don't want to catch a falling knife. Do you see anything in terms of the technical side of it going up? Yeah, it looks like it's done falling and finally is starting to move up. It got as low as around $8, and now it's at 9.23. It might retest that low again, that $8. That's possible. But it was really oversold for a long time. So this could be just a technical bounce. I would feel more comfortable if it fell again and came off a, a, a double bottom. But, you know, it is. Uh, this is Teva Pharmaceutical, everybody. Symbol T-E-V-A, Israel developer of generic specialty and over-the-counter drugs and active pharmaceutical ingredients. They're going to make $2.37 a share this year and $2.57 a share next year. And it's a $9.23 stock. So the PE is around, you know, pretty pretty low, five-ish, four or five. But that's coming from making two dollars and ninety-two cents last year, and then four dollars a year before, and five dollars a year before that. So you can see why the stock has fallen. I mean, it was a seventy-two dollar stock in two thousand fifteen. It got as low as eight. They had some big problems, and sales still haven't turned around yet. They're still shrinking a little bit. It's a $10 billion company, and it sells. It does $4 billion in a quarter. So a price-to-sales ratio is really cheap, Teva. So I think you, know, you could tease in a little bit here, um, and I don't think, it, I think technically it might have put in the bottom. MK, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. I appreciate that. Let's go to Brandon in Mill Valley. How are you doing, Brandon? I'm doing good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call and the usual wonderful information you give. Uh, I wanted 
you throw its own Nova Gold as a gold company. Now this one, look how well it's did compared to Yamada, right? I mean, this was at three dollars and eighty cents a share at the end of May, and today it's at almost six dollars, five dollars and ninety-one cents. That's a huge return in a month. It's a Canadian company, $1.9 billion size, engaged exploration development of mineral properties in Alaska and British Columbia. So it's not, it's a resource company, not just gold. So it's not just gold. Uh, they still don't make any money. They're going to lose a nickel next year. So, you know, I think if you own it, you take profits on it, Brandon. If you don't own it, don't buy it here. It's already made a huge run in a company that does not make money. So, and it's not going to make money next year. So, I would probably be a seller of it, not a buyer at this point. Well, thanks for the call. Thank Brandon. you for uh, all that. Thank you. 888-99-CHART, everybody. Okay, baby boomers reinventing retirement living. What's happening is you're seeing a different kind of living. They're not just going into the old folks' home and passing, you know, passing the time in their room. They're much more interested in doing things. Uh, they, there's a more high-density living that they're doing, and they're making communities out of it, like there's some around the country that are high-density art community. For those old people that like art, they have studios in the, in the, in the uh, high-rise area, uh, old folks' home or senior citizen living or whatever you want to call it. Uh, they have... Um, they they're they're having some mixed use with old uh, old retired people in the same building as young college people in the same you know high density building. They want more activity around them. They're also um, having f uh, uh, the same kind of high density with food uh, uh, preparation by the older folks, you know that love to cook. You know, and, and cook for other people in the in the building, or and of course they have movies and trips to, to the beach, to museums. They want much more activity in their retirement, which I can't blame them. I do. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. And I thank you for your loyal support and questions. Justin will be here on Monday, and of course I will return on Tuesday. So I want you to have a great weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.